The stories are sort of, to me, like messages in a bottle from shores someone else has visited first. Yes, and you're visiting those shores now. Welcome to the Pencil Town Podcast. My name is Nick Johnson, and I will be your host for today. The Pencil Town Bump-In is a mini-episode in which we will be bumping into our fellow storytellers on the busy streets of Pencil Town. We'll take a few minutes to catch up, see what they're up to, who they've been working with, what they've been obsessing over and inspired by, and they might just be willing to share some of the exciting narrative discoveries they have made of late. On today's episode, we will be bumping into Jillian Fleck a multidisciplinary artist and storyteller who specializes in comics. Their graphic novel, Lake Jehovah, an epic tale of love, loss, and hooking up during the apocalypse, was published by Conundrum Press in 2016. Jillian's comics have been included in anthologies such as Dirty Diamonds and Dirty Rotten Comics, featured by the online comic magazine Comics Workbook, and they recently published an academic article in the Journal of Graphic Novels and Comics. Their comics are filled with eccentric yet relatable characters who boast iconic and surreal designs. Whether they're a box with eyes and legs, a doll-like manager with blacked out eyes, or a pink dog in fishnets, you feel for them, you relate to them, you want to know everything about them. Beautifully drawn and colored, their comics are equal parts charming and absurd, transgressive yet personable, often devastating and always hilarious. Jillian makes their home in Calgary, Alberta, where outside of comics and art, they also enjoy writing, reading, and walking. So without any further ado, let's hit the street and see who we meet. Oh, wow, no way, Jillian Fleck. Nick Johnson, well, hello how, there. <laughs> look at that, how are you doing? Really well, how are you? I'm doing really good, thanks. Oh, it's so random to bump into you out here, but so good to see you. It's been a long time. Well, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but since we've bumped into each other, do you want to take a minute or two to catch up? Oh, hell yes. Awesome. We'll just stay back from the road so that we don't get hit by any errant mm. bike messengers oh. or cars. Oh, busy dog walkers. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, yeah. frantic, frantic. Yeah, There's so well, many dogs. <laughs> all adorable. <laughs> yeah. Each more adorable than the last, almost terrifyingly so. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's dive into it. What have you been working on recently? Oh, uh, well, that's always such a complicated question for me because I love juggling multiple comics and different projects all at once. For the past year, I've been working on a webcomic titled Kitty Hell, which is a sort of ex existential post-mortem office comedy whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's about a man named richard hygiene and he as he kind of travels through the afterlife which turns out to be mostly just hanging out with other lost souls and trying to get office work done without a keyboard that sounds incredible i'm already fully on board <laughs> <laughs> excellent 
Uh, I've decided to take a hiatus from this recently to focus on working on a graphic novel I've uh, been working on for the past couple of years in the background uh, called Cheryl. And that's a working title, more like. Um, I'm open to changing it right now. But Cheryl is about uh, a newly actualized lesbian woman who is hell-bent on reaching enlightenment, even if it kills her. That's excellent. You, you are really damn good at like succinctly telling me the stories and just like getting all the hooks in there. And I'm just like, just so ready to rock. <laughs> I love doing elevator pitches. I'm like, I'm just like, how do I sum up everything that's going on in the story very succinctly to grab people. Like one of my favorite things to do at um, conventions and festivals is like try and grab a new customer with just a few words. Absolutely. There's a fine art to that. And I feel like uh, definitely all creators could benefit strongly from like rehearsing pitches in front of the mirror or practicing on their family members and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the book Kitty Hell that you were mentioning, is that the comic strip that runs on your Instagram usually? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Like I've been following it for so long. I don't think I caught that the name was Kitty Hell. I was just like, oh. I don't know what this is, but I love every time it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, this awesome. dog in lingerie. I love <laughs> yeah, exactly. everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned like right off the bat is this idea of you working on uh, many projects at the same time. Do you find that um, it's kind of your preference to have your irons in as many different fires so you can jump around and you don't get bored with anything? Or can you yes, kind of put exactly. your finger on oh, Okay, cool. Like I, I, um, tend to get, not, I wouldn't say bored, but um, I'll go as far as I can with a project at a certain amount, at a certain time. And it will not, it, it'll kind of dry out and it takes a time, a bit of um, time away from that project to replenish that um, material. And I find doing something and then coming back to it and, with that fresh perspective brings a lot more to the project than trying to just buckle down and do and just get it out there and you know like it's a lot more of a creative process when I can um, jump between projects back and forth right yeah I can definitely see the benefits of that especially as someone who is that buckle down and finish it mentality like it mm -hmm. can be such a drag sometimes and then you, yeah, I think your work can suffer because you can tell the creator is kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, like when so you're emotionally dead with a project or you're um, just trying to get, um, get it done so it's done, that can be really um, detrimental to not just your storytelling, but also your craft. Like your drawing style just falls away and everything becomes flat or, you don't pay, pay as much attention to your characters and their traits when you're just trying to pump out that content and get it done. Yeah, wow, I hear that definitely. Especially because I'm working on my, my comic grad project right now and it's just like 30 pages have to be done by this deadline. You don't really have time to, to take a break. You just gotta plow through it. I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, God. Um, it's like at once like a wonderful opportunity to do a long form project, but at the same time, it's not maybe not enough time to reflect on what you're doing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. 
I definitely trying to appreciate also having the opportunity to do that because we don't always, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, definitely has its challenges. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was wondering if you had noticed if the lockdown had affected your art practice at all. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been very interesting. Um, it, for me, it's effectively been a three and a half month uh, residency in my home. <laughs> it's all about perspective that's a good yes. perspective <laughs> I'm, I'm very like i know that this is a terrible global pandemic and everything is awful and the world is like literally burning down right now but um also it's been wonderful to have that amount of time away from my day job to essentially like think about what actually matters to me uh i kind of I kind of found that it was almost like the universe put me into a sleeper hold and I just had to give in and relax to like not being in control of anything. <laughs> and it's been good because that's added an entire new um, understanding to my comic practice. My art practice is just letting go and paying attention to what's actually going on in, in my art and what I'm talking about essentially when I make comics. That's, that's fantastic. Um, I think this idea of uh, self-reflection is super important for all artists mm -hmm. and for all writers. And when you said uh, you had time to think about what actually matters to me, I wonder sometimes if uh, creators kind of get so stuck in the, the rut of producing content that they don't actually think some of those big questions like, yo, what yeah. is this work about? Like, why am I making these things? Yeah. How would you say asking those questions has changed your practice or have you noticed if it's changing the way you tell stories or? Mm. Well, I mean, it's, my practice is a lot more based around my own sense of fun and enjoyment than it was pre quarantine. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really getting back in touch with actually enjoying making art. And that has been such a healing experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds really awful, but it's like... No, it uh, sounds amazing. I yeah, was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really exciting, but it also implies the inverse that before I hated making art. And I, you know, and I was really in a really awful place um before especially november of last year was a really hard time for me i uh i had a very severe bout, bout of burnout and i was like literally considering like maybe i'm not cut out for this maybe i should just wow. you know if this i'm gonna feel this bad i don't want to do it you know that kind of thing right and so turning that around and coming back to art in from a place of play and exploration and enjoyment and um storytelling and um making fun of everything is like um it's like really changed the entire the entire game for me 
That's excellent. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think a lot of times when you have a you have a public persona that's on social media and such, and people see comics that you produce and you produce them so well, I think people kind of get this idea in their head like, wow, they've made it. This is a thing that they do that they, <laughs> they're compelled to do. It's easy, breezy, just, you know, it's just oh, part yeah. of what happens. So it to be able to happens. hear about, yeah, that, that stuff that goes on behind the scenes and how important it is, even though a creator is making work that they enjoy and they enjoy the work, it still takes a toll if we don't mm -hmm. take the time to think about why we're doing it or yeah, make it fun. Or, or um, actually give ourselves time to recuperate from that act, it would be it physical or emotional, and right. you know, actually think about why we're making art the way we are and if it's actually serving us or hurting us. Whoa. Yeah. Those are, those are wicked <laughs> questions. Wow. Ooh, excellent. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we've kind of discussed this, but um, have you learned anything new about the process itself of like how you put a comic together? Has any of that changed? Like how you build it, uh, tools that you're using? Hmm. I think, um, just based off of what I was just talking about, I'm actually mm -hmm. really slowing down my comic making process. Mm. Um, I am a kind of person who I love shortcuts. I love, um, like one of the reasons I use um, grid comics so often is because I can uh, prepare pages and pages and pages of panels in advance and then I do not even have to worry about that kind of layout question it's like okay I have a six panel grid let's go just fill them in good next page like and that has been a very automatic process for me for many years I did that in Lake Jehovah I've been doing that in Kitty Hell and it was something that I was doing in the new graphic novel Cheryl too and that's not a problem necessarily but um, it's, I think I was talking about that to illustrate uh, my process in comic making, which can be quite almost automatic and not necessarily very thoughtful uh, in a lot of regards. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of, I, I don't really sketch things out. I kind of just go with the first thing <laughs> that pops into my head a lot of the time. And that can be good. That can be really um spontaneous and um forthright but it can also if you're you know like trying to push out a large amount of comics and you're not necessarily necessarily there you can get really lazy really fast and <laughs> really just not your not something you're necessarily proud of from a craft's point of view so to in response to that, what I've been doing is slowing down my process. Instead of doing, you know, 10 pages a week, I'm doing four, Whoa, maybe, man. maybe three a week, uh, right. that kind of thing. And that has been really helpful. I'm exploring like new ways of putting down ink and paying attention to things like the background <laughs> for once in my life. The what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's like sense of space and um, thinking, well, maybe this, maybe my first instinct isn't necessarily the best for this, what I'm trying to convey in this situation. Um, so, 
yeah, actually just like taking time and being thoughtful about it and not rushing through as much has been a really a big kind of game changer for me. That's fascinating. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think having a certain element of uh, restraint or um, not restraint necessarily, but imposing a certain set of guidelines for yourself. And I'm speaking specifically about uh, the panels, um, mm -hmm. like forcing yourself to work in a six panel grid or nine panel grid. Right now I'm using a 12 panel grid. Um, mm -hmm. Just making, yeah, it's been fun, but a challenge, but at the yeah, same really time, tight. it's super tight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like working so tiny. I'm like, why have I done this? What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like squinting super hard and you can't find yeah. a nib small enough to get the background yeah. in. <laughs> working with magnifying glasses that are built oh. onto my hat. Um, yeah. No, I'm not going that far. Thank God. But, but just having that, uh, making that choice early on being like, yo, this is the framework I'm sticking into and, and, and mm -hmm. proceeding down that it's cool how it, really does facilitate the process and challenge you and let you try things out that are different. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with color, I really think that helps because I think mm -hmm. the tendency is to use every color at your disposal, all the colors of the rainbow on the RGB scale. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's so, uh, I, now I'm trying to like pick out, yo, these are my eight colors I can use. That's it. That's my um, jam. That's your jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for uh, me, I pick out like eight colors because I'm very lazy when it comes to painting. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's yeah. that's that's excellent. Like I said, I like uh, really automate the entire process. So, like, say if I'm doing uh, Kitty Hell, I'll do probably between eight or eight to 16 pages at once. I'll have them all inked already and then do the painting on top of that. And so, you know, I'll just be, and that I, I started doing that with Lake Jehovah where, you know, you have these characters and they're always one color. So you get the color right every time because you're only using the same paint every time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I'm writing that down, like automate the process as like as things to remember to help me yeah. get through the next uh, two months. <laughs> <laughs> Just do all the oranges on all the pages at once. There you, yeah. go. <laughs> there you go. What phase are you in? I am in the turquoise phase. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's a hard phase. It's lots of turquoise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, just to take it away from uh, us making comics or the process for a bit, is there anything mm -hmm. that you're reading or watching right now that you're finding inspiring, educational, escapist, oh. whatever? Oh, right. Um, well, something that has been really wonderful in my life has been uh, tending the garden in mm -hmm. our backyard. Uh, we have a large vegetable garden and with lots of flowers and there's bees everywhere. And I've been spending a lot of time out there um i guess just paying attention to plants i've been uploading some sketches of the flowers onto instagram that i've been doing just with pen and ink and there's something really wonderful about watching things grow and you know paying that kind of macro attention to nature no sorry micro attention to nature right yeah <laughs> and, and seeing like i guess like that really um wonderful act of just observing the world around you and how 
and how that how much that plays into art is that loving attention i guess right and and taking mm -hmm. some inspiration from uh somewhere that isn't somebody else's work like i mean yeah. nature nature and animals have been inspiring people for so long and i think now we from tend the to beginning only... of time yeah exactly <laughs> And now we just tend to look at other people's art or other people's writing to inspire us. We got to go back to the source sometimes. Yeah. Right? Oh, have you tried grounding? <laughs> grounding? No. What's that? You get your you get your bare feet out and you like stick your feet into the dirt. Um, oh. I, and it's just really wonderful. I I mean I I think you're just supposed to do it on your lawn or something. But I I was like burying my feet into the garden. Um, and just like the feel that of your feet in the earth is absolutely wonderful. It feels so different. I don't know. It's like, I, you know wow, you, I love that. Yeah. You, you know, like the feeling of sticking your hand into the jar of, be of dried beans when you're a kid? Heck yeah. When I'm a kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not at the grocery store last week. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So if I sort have myself like buried, buried up to my neck, I've gone too far. Keep You've it gone, yeah, um, that's a problem. That's <laughs> okay. quicksand. You should be watching out for that. Okay, all right. As a kid, I was sure the quicksand was a bigger threat than the adults were making it seem. <laughs> and here we have confirmation, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about uh, obsessions. If there's anything aside from the garden and burying your feet in the garden, oh, any so obsessions that you'd like to talk about or share with us? I mean, the major thing that I have been obsessed with during the entire quarantine has been Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, during the quarantine, I was involved in three separate weekly campaigns. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like so much work. <laughs> I was just a player. I wasn't like running any campaigns. Like that playing was... the field, sowing your oats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I don't know. Like I, I just recently got into like tabletop role playing, um, like a couple of years ago. But like doing D and D is pretty new to me. But it's something I always wanted to do since I was like a little kid. I remember um, one one of my favorite memories, we were in Nanton, BC, and there was like this old used bookstore. And I found a uh, first edition monster manual uh, from, you know, like the seventies or whatever. And it's like this old creaky book and it's got all these mm -hmm. amazing illustrations of all these monsters and I'm like, you know, nine years old and like into Pokemon. I'm like, this is perfect. I love this. And my dad's like, we can't buy that. It's satanic. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> mom. <laughs> and mom's like, yes, I'll get it for you. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and it was, but you know, it's like so um, strange to me that, you know, it's been this facet this um, cultural facet of my life and my culture, and yet um, like 30 before I start actually playing this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm very um, much similar to that in that I had played once many years ago and never had it growing up. My parents were very uh, religious as well. So like D&D was like the worst thing anybody could do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just started a game while we've been in Scotland here. Um, 
and uh, I'm really enjoying it. We, it. we have a really good crew. The DM is really great. And um, yeah, 37 years old, first time I'm really giving it a go and I'm really digging it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I think my favorite part about it has to be the sense of community you build with your other players in the group. I am a very introverted person at times and um, being in group situations is always just like a little bit, you know, puts me a little bit on edge. And this is like the first time I have a group activity where I can get to know new people and it be um, fun and enjoyable and really like, like actually lets me express myself in a situation where I'm usually pretty on edge. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> been able to uh, help us get to know people. Even though we're mostly doing it over Zoom, which I, or uh, sorry, Skype, uh, which is always Ooh. really hard to focus on. Like yeah. it's hard to focus on a computer for two or three hours, but to be able to have that, I think makes it easier to be able to connect even over online. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's been really good. Yeah. I have a hard time talking on like uh, over Skype and things. And it's like, this is the only situation <laughs> I'm going to be putting up with these terrible, uh, you know, communication tools that are just, you know, you've got the lag, you've got, you have to think mm -hmm. troubleshoot sound. It's like, no, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. The only other concession I make is watching RuPaul's Drag Race with people over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <been> pretty good. <laughs> So uh, have you made any interesting discoveries or breakthroughs lately when it comes to telling a story or how you structure a story? I, it's interesting you asked that. I've been off and on working on a novel, actually. Uh, I don't know Ooh. if it's going to go anywhere, but I have Who really cares? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's so great. It's the longest thing I've ever written, and it actually has a somewhat cohesive story, which is new to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm like a, just the, not the worst, but like, I'm a very hardcore pantser when it comes to storytelling. I'm just like, yeah, I want there to be like a devil man and there should be a sex scene sometime. And, you know, maybe somebody runs through the forest or whatever. And these are things <laughs> I like, but make it a story. And, you know, and then I fill in the blanks in between. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I kind of learned writing uh, this novel is that you can, I guess, like, have all those disparate elements and you can have an idea of how you're going to bring them all together. But um, sometimes it's like almost good to, you, you know, when you're like writing and you come against, um, you come against the wall and you're mm -hmm, just... Mm -hmm you're like, okay, I don't know how to move on from this point. My go-to strategy with that in the past has always been to push through and just keep on going and try and find a way to make it work and try really hard. And even if you start crying lots, you're just going to finish <laughs> that fucking book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's generally um, my approach as well. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping you're going to tell me a better way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, that's uh, kind of what happened. Like, well, what happened with me with writing this novel is 
I would try and push through, but it wouldn't go anywhere that was any good. And this has happened to me in the past. Like there's entire passages of graphic novels and comics that I have drawn up uh, like complete pages and everything, but they're not included in the finished work because they're trash. Like they just didn't work. And what I've kind of come to is I've come to a place where I can recognize when I've reached that point, that wall or the place where you need to start pushing. And I've, instead of pushing through what I've been doing instead is just trying to sit with that discomfort um, and feel it out explore it but not necessarily force myself to move past that point creatively so what in the instance of this novel reached like probably like the crux uh point in the storyline and i was just dead and like i don't have anything left i don't want to write this anymore this is the point where i normally push through instead i just kind of let it simmer put it on the back burner mm-hmm. left it and then probably about like three weeks later, I came back to it and I finished the entire book in like four hours. Like, yeah, it was just like, okay, we're good. And, <laughs> um, and I just think like taking that time to actually process and think about what you want to do can be very beneficial if you have that time. Right. Um, I understand like not everybody has that time. Some people have you know, impose deadlines on their creative work for whatever reason. But, you know, when you're, you have like a self-motivated project, sometimes it's just really beneficial to sit and think a little bit about why you might be having those difficulties, what you're actually pushing up against when you reach that wall. Right. You know, even if it's just to take the morning off or whatever, right? Like three weeks is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you subscribe to this sort of theory, but somebody once told me that um, even when you're not working on a project, because you've been putting so much time and investment into it, when you take a break, your mind is still in the subconscious, still trying to work it out and work out the kinks and make connections so that oh, when yeah. you do come back to it, it flows so easily because you've sort of had this little collaborator deep down inside you who's been working on the story still. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I love that idea. And I just love that um, the only way you can really benefit from that is by taking a step back and giving it yeah. time. Yeah, it's kind of like the fairy tale about the shoemaker and the brownies. And, you know, he, you never heard this story? Wait, is he the, are the brownies like the little elves that make the shoes yeah. while he's away? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's like the, the brownies are your subconscious, you know? Yeah, it's a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor, dude. (laughs) Joseph Campbell in here. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) Uh, Super cool. It's it's amazing because you take that step back and all of a sudden all your work's kind of just done for you. Uh, I am, my interest is super peaked for the novel because do you have an elevator pitch for that or something you're willing to share yet? Let me see if I have an elevator pitch. It's kind of a lot more rougher than the other ones, but it kind of goes 
2003, a lunch lady and her 13-year-old best friend go on a cross-country road trip to see Van's Warp Tour in Winnipeg. <laughs> unknowing that behind them, or no, unknowing that following them is a Canada Parks Ranger and a deranged cop hot on their trail. Damn, that sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a, a sense of time and place as well, right? When you dropped it in Vans in 2003. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So you you've got uh, a first draft done already? Uh, this would be the second draft. Damn, um, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's still, need, you know, it's like not 100% there yet, but it's mm -hmm. actually coherent now, which is pretty good for me. That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, that is no small feat to finish a novel. Oh, thank you. Um, well, oh, man, the time is getting on. Uh, the streets are getting even busier. Yeah. Uh, well, before, before I leave, I was just wondering if you had any recommendations of great storytellers from any medium oh. that uh, you want who we should be checking out. Well, I'll recommend to you my two favorite books from this year. Um, my favorite graphic novel that recently came out from uh, Yoshiharu Sugi is The Man Without Talent, translated by Ryan Holmberg. It's this amazing graphic novel about a uh, cartoonist who leaves it all behind to sit by the river and sell stones that he finds, much to the uh, dismay of his family, who could really use the cartooning money. <laughs> <laughs> Is it generally families would rather have their kids do anything but do art and comics. Yeah. <laughs> and in this case, they're just like, please just make a comic. <laughs> it's like, no, it's work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That sounds great. And then um, as far as literature, I recently read uh, Fierce Femmes and Notorious Liars by Kai Cheng Thum, which is a absolutely magical uh, kind of a magical queer uh i can't even describe it it's just amazing <laughs> it was such a trip it's got it a fiction book like a like a novel yes it's a it's a novel it's like a magical memoir with okay okay yeah with like magic realism and girl gangs and fairy tale aspects and it's and ghosts it's oh so good God. It's left me speechless. <laughs> Very cool. I'll definitely put that in the show notes so our listeners can check it out. Mostly so I can check it out. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. Because that sounds incredible. Well, uh, Jillian, thanks so much for uh, stopping and uh, indulging me and answering these questions for me. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you've got some, uh, some places to be and some stuff to do. Uh, I'm going to go check get... out all these dogs. <laughs> yeah, you plant your feet in that garden. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. But before I talk to you next, I promise I will have tried that once. Okay, yeah, you just should. Excellent. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Jillian. We'll uh, take care and we'll talk to you very yeah. soon. It was so good running into you. Have a great yeah. day. You too. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks so much to Jillian for taking the time to speak with us today. Jillian's work can be found online at jillianfleck.com as well as on Instagram at jillian.fleck. 
If you have any questions or feedback on today's episode, you can reach us on Twitter at PencilTownPod or via email, thepenciltownpodcast at gmail.com. That wraps up our Penciltown bump in for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to join us next time to see who we meet on the Penciltown Street. Take care. Yo. Does this audio sound good?